All right, guys. <clears throat> so Zero for Hire podcast, and I made a terrible, terrible mistake. Someone, one of our producers, I'm sure you know who, uh, said that they haven't. They couldn't. I could go for a rant. I hadn't ranted in a while. Actually, there are two people. No, there are three people. So okay, there's a good percentage of you guys who enjoy when I rant. So here's what's gonna happen. There is this podcast where I'm going to prove a point. And then there's another podcast where I give you guys some updates on what's been going on in my life, with my health, uh, some of what's going on with my family. And then um, I just started ranting without warning after like the half hour mark, but it was like an hour long podcast. Because I hadn't podcasted in so long, because I haven't been feeling good, that all of this stuff started coming up as I was talking. Maybe that's a rehearsal thing I need to do, in order, like a warm-up or something. But consider this your real podcast, because in the other podcasts that I'm talking about, so in the hour-long episode that you're going to get that's mostly rambling, <laughs> I spent a lot of time um, talking about things, and I spent some time talking about Twitter toward the end. And the reason that I'm supporting Focusing on Twitter as my communication and sharing platform is because it's where I collect news, it's where I do a lot of communicating and things. You, you'll get the other explanation there. But, I don't want to give too much like build up. Let's just talk about what's going on in the world. And unfortunately, we're suffering from Trump and Biden fatigue, but this is some very interesting stuff going on in the Biden camp. So first, this is national politics. This is a... Post that's going around from the Gateway Pundit right now. And I want to give you guys... Cultural Husbandry is a, is a Twitter account that I follow that does great commentary. I've talked to him before. I'd love to get him on the podcast to talk about some stuff. It's just hard to nail this guy down. But the 2020... It's a, this is a massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan. Now, you guys know I'm Michigan native. We felt like we needed to leave Michigan because Michigan was corrupt, because Michigan was falling very hard politically to the left, obviously. But there's a lot of corruption in, in Michigan, and there's a lot of things happening. Now, most of it I haven't reported here on this podcast. It's mostly through posts that I share, uh, news articles that I share, a lot of them here on Twitter. Some of them on Telegram, but we'll, that's another conversation. So let's talk about this. The police find ten. This is for cultural husbandry. Police find tens of thousands of fake registrations, bags of prepaid gift cards, guns with silencers, burner phones, and Democrat-funded organization, and a Democrat-funded organization with multiple temporary facilities in several states and then he leaves a link to the gateway pundit now what i'm going to do instead of reading the article here i'm going to go through cultural health centuries commentary because he's been covering this for a long time and he leaves a lot of threads he kind of does like a twitter files sort of drop here on twitter there is a gnat in this car just buzzing in my face jeez okay so the evidence, this is cultural husbandry again, the evidence from this investigation exposes criminal election fraud 
involving thousands of fraudulent ballots in Michigan by an organization that was set up temporarily that set up temporary offices in several swing states prior to the 2020 election. The investigators also found that GBI Strategies paid $188,000 by the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee in 2018. So this company was paid $188,000 to do this work. Individuals employed by the fraudulent ballot vote manufacturing organization were paid $1,150 per week and given a rental car as well as a reloadable pay card. So $500 a day plus expenses. You guys remember that uh, detective show. This is what the so this is what the individuals who were employed by this company were paid. That's how much. So I don't know how many employees they had, but they were paid a thousand dollars a week, eleven hundred and fifty dollars a week, given a rental car and a prepay card, like a reloadable pay car. Seriously, if you ever take a job with a company and they don't pay you a paycheck, they want to give you a little weird freaking visa card. Like you're not in a good place. That's not a place you should be working. The police found thousands of fraudulent ballots, partially completed voter registration forms, dozens of burner phones, boxes of reloadable prepaid cards, and get this, pelican cases in the room with semi-automatic rifles joined with suppressors, and, hang on, and optics, and customized pistols. What, what, what are you going to do with all that? They were ready. They were ready for whatever they needed to do. Investigators went into a hotel room paid for by the criminal organization that is tied to the Democrats and found a bag of trash filled with information on employee agreements. And then he leaves some examples there. I'm going to be linking this, or I've already retweeted this string of things that I'm going through on my Twitter today. Uh, these are all stories that you can access right now. You just got to follow me on Twitter, uh, Zero for Hire, and uh, you'll be able to read this stuff. Muskegon City Clerk Ann Mesh and Deputy Clerk Kimberly Young first contacted the police on October 8, 16, 2020. Mesh also noticed that the handwriting on the ballots appeared to be the same with similar signatures and a all of the ballots appeared to come from the same company with two locations in Southfield and Auburn Hills. Auburn Hills. Mesh told police some of the forms were dropped off in person to the Muskegon City Clerk Office by a black female who identified as Brianna Hawkins. Miss Hawkins said her employment entailed res registering voters and helping them obtain absentee ballots. Mesh estimated that the leftist organization delivered approximately 8,000 to 10,000 voter registration forms to the Muskegon City Clerk's Office. Now, he's going to go into some memory stuff after reviewing this. You can read the Gateway Pundit, and there's going to be a lot of stuff flying around about this today, and I hope that you read it for yourself and follow the story before it 
kind of gets some spin and dissipates because this came out today or yesterday. Um, before I read more, before I read more of his commentary, because that was his summary. There's a lot of people going on and on about the 2020 election, and there's a lot of people who are sick of hearing about it. I get it. I get that you're sick of hearing about it. I don't think that's going to change anything. Seems like my voice is really loud. Just trying to turn this down a little bit. Okay. Seems like people are sick of it. But that's not going to change anything. Um, because people want justice. And to say, better luck next line, I don't think that's good enough. I think one of the issues is that we're expecting the Republicans to get on board with this mail-in ballot crap or with this ballot harvesting crap. I don't think that's the way to go. I really don't. I think we need to be... I think we had a, a, a voting system that worked and that we were doing just fine and then we let the Democrats and all these other organizations go in and change things and the system wasn't broken. It was fine the way it is. But then you guys introduced it, like introduced ballot harvesting and all of this like change rules. You shouldn't have a person going to collect thousands of ballots. Like you get your lazy butt up off the couch and you go vote and you stand in line and you do whatever you need to do. And all of these excuses that people keep coming up with, one, they're usually in Democrat areas. Um, but that's that's a moot point. Deal with it. Stop being weak. Stop being wimps. Just just stand in line and vote. That's all you have to do. If you work a job where you don't think you can do that, you can register early. Um, people have always been able to do that. You kind of have to have a reason other than I don't want to stand in line. I really think we should have a national holiday that people can go vote, that jobs aren't requiring people to just be at work all day and stuff. Like that's kind of bull that they do that. But we need to be able to vote. Just point blank. We need to be able to vote. And if you need to be late for work that day, then just tell your boss, I'm going to be late. I'm, I had to vote today. Let them be mad. But this, you know, carrying thousands of votes and Dinesh D'Souza's mules and all of this crap, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So going back to cultural husbandry, if you remember on election night, a, a suspicious 3 a.m. van delivering Biden ballot dump in Detroit, the facility formerly known as the TFC Center, was accompanied by a, a vehicle registered to a rental car company. So now he's starting to tie these threads together to the story. And he shows a video there. Michigan State Senator Ruth Johnson is a former Secretary of State, told Gateway Pundit, my estimate is over 800,000 ballot applications were sent to non-qualified voters in Michigan, including individuals who moved or died and even some individuals who were underage or non-citizens. Many were sent to people who had moved out of state. This is what I'm saying. Like, all you have to do is one ballot per person, paper ballots, stop this mail-in crap, stop this, all of these things that we threw the election. There's some part of police reports, um, giving you some more evidence here. <laughs> Then he says, I told you on November 8th, 2020, that there was a ballot dump in Michigan and my account was blocked for it. And a lot of people like cultural husbandry and myself who reported on important things 
We had our accounts locked, blocked. I was kicked off of iTunes personally. I still can't get on iTunes. They do something where they finagle the system and it, it just never answers or never registers for me. I'm going to try again today because I want you guys to be able to get my podcast. But yeah, this it's rigged and Trump's not lying and the Gateway Pundit has come across the goods, tangible goods. Now, there's going to be spin. You're going to find out more about it. They'll figure out a way because the media is not going to get behind this. But that's one of the stories that you guys need to know about. Speaking of which, suppressed stories, canceled, you know, um, suppressed and canceled news stories, we'll call them. There's a section on the free spoke search browser. Now, I tried using it as a browser for a week and it wasn't a great experience. Um, I don't know if it's just that I need more time to learn how to navigate that browser specifically or what the deal was, but it was it was kind of a weird experience. But I did like the one feature where they have suppressed stories. Now, they'll mail you an email every day and you can open the email and, and go through some of those stories. And that's a good way of keeping your finger on the pulse of some stuff that's going on. So good on the free spoke guys for doing that. But I think Twitter is still the most powerful tool that we have right now. Um, and now we move on to Biden. I got a couple of videos, one here from Fox News. Now, I, I ranted a little bit about how Byron Donalds and MTG are suing for the influence peddling. Um, Tucker Carlson just had that conversation with De Devin Archer, who was a business partner of, of Hunter Biden's. Basically saying what we already knew, that the Bidens are peddling influence, that they're selling the Biden name. Joe Biden is the brand and they're selling access to Joe Biden. And the Democrats are acting like, oh, that's preposterous. Well, it's not preposterous. That's what's happening. And information is coming out. Now, what I don't like is that with issues of the 2020 election and, you know, what's going on with the Biden crime family and stuff, people are trying to act like, oh, this is just old news. This is old news. We already, we're, we're past that. No, we're not. Like, you can't just deny, deny, deny and call people crazy and then, like, defame, deplatform, defraud people, lock us out of our accounts, you know, cancel us and push us off. You can't ruin our lives and damage our lives and then turn around and say, well, that's old news once you get forced to the point that the truth is starting to come out. So we're going to go do a couple clips here. We're now up to $20 million coming from sources from Romania, Ukraine, Russia, China, Uzbekistan. All of these are highly corrupt figures that are giving millions of dollars that are going to the Biden children, even grandchildren. And the result has been overwhelming in, in the sense that President Biden's long denials have been demolished. It's not true that he had no knowledge of his son's business. It's not true, as he's claimed, that his son made no money in China. And so m much of Washington's falling back now and saying, all right, maybe there was influence peddling, but it was an illusion. And you can't show corruption or a crime related to the president unless you can show a direct payment to his account, like, a, like someone would hand him an envelope full of money. Well, obviously, that's nuts. 
The Bidens have been in the influence peddling business for decades. They're not going to do something as stupid as having a direct deposit into an account of Joe and Jill Biden. Instead, the money went to family members. Well, while this appears to tie... Now, now Byron Donalds was already showing that the money went through an intricate web of LLCs. The Bidens don't have a business. Biden Inc. doesn't provide any goods or services. There is no business there. So it's not, you know, a podcast or a book or a talk show or anything. It, it Thinly veiled like that. It's nothing like that. There is no Biden business. It's just selling access to Biden. They don't sell pencils. They don't make widgets. They don't have a magazine. Nothing like that. So that's why this is suspicious. Um, all of this directly back to the president, Jonathan. Democrats are still saying that this is not the hard evidence Republicans have been promising. So is this the smoking gun for the investigation that Republicans are saying that it is? Well, these are millions of dollars going to the Biden family fund. And so the Democrats and some of the media can continue to close their eyes and say, I don't see any evidence, but there is a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence of money transfers through an incredibly complex labyrinth of accounts. Uh, those accounts seem structured to avoid uh, people from being able to monitor or follow these transfers. But these transfers occurred. Millions of dollars was, were transferred. In one case, you had money going to one of these accounts, and the next day, the same amount going to buy a luxury car for Hunter Biden. And so th there's plenty of evidence here. And that's the thing that I hate is the there's no evidence argument. That's evidence. It might not be definitive proof that you're looking for or that we're claiming it is, but it's evidence and it deserves to be looked at, honestly. I got one more clip here. This one's from James Comer. We just had the president's uh, son's business partner and best friend testify that Hunter Biden made his millions of dollars selling Joe Biden, selling access to Joe Biden, that Joe Biden was the brand. He admitted that uh, they didn't do anything like a normal business. They didn't provide any service. They didn't sell anything. That's what I was uh, saying. What they did was sold access to the federal government. They peddled Joe Biden's butt to our adversaries around the world and took millions and millions of dollars. And for someone getting paid with our tax dollars, like Ian Sams, to stand up and say that, though uh, they haven't proven Joe Biden did anything wrong. I mean, how much more evidence do they need? Yeah, I'll tell you this. And it kind of seems like when they say Joe Biden hasn't done anything wrong, it kind of feels like they're saying everybody does this. Joe Biden's just doing what everybody else does. I don't see what the big problem, you know, like that's kind of the, the semantics I feel are at play here. Rob, Ian Sams can say one thing, the media can say one thing, but the American people see that there's corruption here. Yeah. They realize that this family has profited off of their backs uh, paying taxes for this government yeah. and they want something done about it. Just like we the just schools, had... just like the schools that I was talking about in the other podcast. So <clears throat> yeah, these are things that we need to be looking at um, on a national politics scale. And you can't just say, well, it's an old story. Just let it go. No, it takes a while for the truth to come out. And that's part of the problem. Speaking of old problems, got a tweet here i need this i need this gnat to go outside and out of my face jeez 
part of the problem is, um, yeah, it just takes a while. So Rand Paul, he says, he, he has a tweet here. I know he's been going back and forth with Anthony Fauci about gain-of-function research. He's proven that Anthony Fauci has lied and nothing's being done about it. So he says, I've taken an extraordinary step to, to going to the U.S. local attorney in D.C. to launch a probe and press criminal charges against Tony Fauci. The problem is that there are partisans throughout the legal system. People are seeing that you don't get prosecuted if you're a Democrat in this administration, no matter what you do. And this speaks to the people that are like, well, you can't be partisan and you can't be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's the Democrats that keep starting the fights. They're the ones that keep raising the stakes and, and, push, and obfuscating and stonewalling and actually doing things. And then when you call them out on it, then it's like, oh, don't start a fight, Shay. Don't start a fight. I'm not the one starting the fight. I'm the one calling out the wrong that's being done. That's not that's injustice to treat people like that. So you got this article from the Daily Caller. Um, this you know, this is what Rand Paul has been doing. Let's hear what he's got to say. Research in Wuhan. Knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. You do not know what you are talking about. Really? The guy doesn't... Senator Rand Paul filed... Oh, okay. The criminal referral joins us now. Senator, you've been all over this. You've been aggressive. You've been determined. It seems we're at the threshold to the point where you called Matt Graves and said, I need you to look at this. Uh, what, what turned the tables for you? What evidence do you have? Well, you know, I don't think there's ever been a clearer case of perjury in the history of government testimony. And I don't say that lightly. He said adamantly that the government never funded this gain-of-function research. We now have the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, has admitted that the funding came from the NIH. We have the acting director, Tayback, of the NIH admitting it in writing that it came from the NIH. But now we have really the smoking gun, and that is Fauci in private saying the opposite of what he was saying in public. Yep. When he was publicly telling me that absolutely we did not fund gain-of-function research in China, he says privately, we are suspicious that the virus has been manipulated, and we are suspicious because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. And that he was then goes on to describe email. the research, and it's exactly the, the research email. that the NIH funded. So he's caught dead to, right, he, dead to rights here, but we have an, an incredibly partisan Attorney General Garland who's refusing to act. So I've taken the extraordinary step of actually going to the local U.S. attorney in D.C. to see if he will act. Now, the problem is, is there are partisans littered throughout the yep. uh, legal system, and people are seeing this. You, you don't get prosecuted if you're a Democrat under this administration, no matter what. No matter what. So here's what he does, <clears throat> or here's what's going on. He's taking the same tactic that the Democrats are using against Trump. So they want some sort of, you know, federal indictment against Trump, and now we have state actors doing it on a state level. They want to throw Trump in prison no matter what. Fauci, uh, um, not Fauci, oh jeez, uh, Rand Paul is doing the same thing, he's doing the same tactic, he's going on a local level, because the government, the federal government won't act, 
he has the evidence, he has the authority, he has everything he needs to bring his case, but the federal government won't act. So he's taking it to a, a local a local case. Get the case going, get it in the new, get it started, you know, get it in the news even. Uh, but there's people, bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats that will slow roll this thing, that will, yeah, we'll get around to it. You have the president will say declassify these documents and they'll just take their sweet freaking time. And it's like, who's the president? Who's the boss? You know, if your boss tells you to do something and you're like, yeah, I'll get around to doing it eventually when I feel like it, I'm just going to make sure, you know, and maybe if like Neil's publicist, you know, <laughs> like, like maybe if I just don't talk to him right now and I won't get fired, it's, it's take a 10 day weekend. That's what's that's the problem that he's talking about when he says there's partisans in the system. There are Democrats who who are in the in this paper pushing desk jockey positions that feel like they know better than the people who want to bring charges. And so they're just not going to they're going to lose the paperwork or they're going to prioritize other things in front of it just to slow down that process to keep that from going. I hope. We can keep an eye on this story to see where this goes. So moving on. I got a sneeze here. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. News, move, moving on. Um, it's now being exposed that New York City is spending more money on illegal migrants. Immig what? Is it illegal immigrant or illegal migrant? They're not migrants. They're not migrating. They're immigrating. They're not migrating. I don't even know why. Who is this? I don't know whose outlet this RNC research. I don't know why Republicans do this thing with the language where they go with the dumb leftist language that soft pedals everything. They're supposed to be illegal aliens, but they're doing more. They're spending more money on these people than in sanitation parks and the fire department combined. So five billion dollars for the fiscal year. And Adams is on TV this morning begging for more money and taking no responsibility for encouraging this crisis. Let's listen to Adams for a minute here. Mayor Adams from New was, York City. Uh, yesterday you said uh, you're on pace to spend $5 billion on migrant care in this fiscal year. To, to give people some perspective, that is more than the city uh, spends on sanitation, parks, and the fire department combined. So you're asking for money here do i have that right uh, a combination more than money because the faucet is uh flowing we have to stop the flow faucet we have to make sure we have a real decompression strategy at the border and we have to ensure that we have real immigration reform because it's going to going to continue it's not sustainable when you look at ten thousand a month uh the math just does not add up it was no. uh yesterday the, the math doesn't add up he's saying it's not sustainable and we need reform. So here's the, here's the system reform you need. Enforce the laws that are on the books. This, this administration and Democrats throughout will not enforce immigration laws. You don't want to send people back to their country. You don't want to stop them at the border. You want to come up with all these emotional arguments as to why you're right and why the system doesn't work. And you will not enforce the system the way that it was meant to be used. We have laws on the books. We have processes. We have methods of handling this situation. And every other country in the world has no problem doing it except for us. That's a, hyperb that's a hyperbole statement. I've heard African officials, I've heard people in European states say 
You're not supposed to be jumping over two and three countries. You're supposed to go to the first country of asylum. But our, our ports are just, our, our southern border is just wide open. Meanwhile, we got this video from Viral New York, Viral News New York, and it's somebody just walking down the street for two minutes with a cell phone camera, and you see hundreds, if not thousands of people camped out on the sidewalk because they got nowhere to go. Because Eric Adams and the Democrats had to have sanctuary cities and say, well, we believe that we are, we are just morally right, We're, and somebody needs to do something. Yes, somebody, you guys, you, you are the politicians, you are the people who were running your mouths and not enforcing the rules and saying you know better, so you need to get out there and put some skin in the game. New York, nobody cares that your budget is busted. We don't care, because you opened, you did this. You said, well, you can come here and we'll protect you from the federal government instead of enforcing the law the way that it's supposed to be enforced. That's your problem. That's your decision. We're not, don't give New York more money. Send those people home. Seal the border. Stop people from coming in. Start deporting. That's what you have to do. I just read a story about the other day about a lady who came in from the southern border, through the southern border, from Russia. From Russia, people, you have an easier time getting into the United States from the southern border than you do crossing over at Alaska. From Russia. So, you know, no tears shed. And then here's my last story here. And then I'm going to uh, close this up. If you guys know who Sam Harris is, he's this like, I think he's an astrophysicist. He's a brilliant man in the field that he actually trained in. And then all of a sudden, he wanted to decide to tell people that they're stupid for believing in God. And he became a pseudo philosopher. And because he's a brilliant astrophysicist, that opens some doors for people to listen to him. But the guy doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to religion when it comes to spirituality god will not be mocked and so this is the sad state of sam harris today a, a once brilliant astrophysicist who is just slowly declining into this weird insanity the guy doesn't look healthy he doesn't look happy by any stretch of the imagination he looks completely miserable He's getting old. He's just an angry, bitter old man who hates God. And he's grasping on to relevance, to cultural relevance, by pushing this fascistic mindset and fixating on... The, you want to talk about being stuck in 2020, he's still talking about the lockdowns and the pandemic and the, and the vaccines. And he just wants to be right. When he knows that there are so many people that just don't agree with him, he can't handle it. He has complete Trump derangement syndrome. His brain is broken. And so he's talking about vaccines and he's basically trying to justify the fascism of 2020. But he does this in a way where he strawmans his way through the entire argument. And this is how you know when people are either they they know they're wrong and they feel guilty and they have to go the great lengths to get you to to agree with them. By building this giant straw man and then setting it on fire. Listen to the, the degree he has to stretch out his argument. 
just to give you some ground to agree with him because he's wrong about 2020 and he can't handle it. You know, but dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen. You know, give us something like, you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month. You know, you don't know you have it and you're... You... Okay, COVID, COVID incubates, what, a week, two weeks? It's not airborne Ebola. It doesn't eat you and cause your organs to liquefy from the inside out. Okay, so he makes it a way worse disease, and then he dials up the incubation period to a month. Walk around spreading it, and it's got, you know, a 75% fatality rate, and it's mostly... 75% fatality rate. Killing kids, no one gets to make that choice anymore. And it, and it, and it kills kids. So this is, the, this is the disease he wants to set up for his straw man. This is a... Listen to the way he describes it again, because this is the link that he has to go to to get you to agree with him. You know, but dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen. You know, give us something like, you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month. You know, you don't know you have it, and you you walk around spreading it, and it's got, you know, a seventy five percent fatality rate, and it's mostly killing kids. No one gets to make that choice anymore. I mean, then uh, literally the, the cops come in and vaccinate you. This is how he justifies his fascism. I, w I would say that all of us would agree to that. The moment, again, that you turn up the lethality uh, uh, on, the, on the pathogen, you turn up the effectiveness of the vaccine, you turn down the risk of the vaccine. Give me a truly safe... Okay, so now I guess he's gotten to some point to where he, he's starting to see there's a ton of adverse reactions to these vaccines that we weren't allowed to talk about. We weren't allowed to debate it. How dare you say there's anything wrong with the vaccines? You guys were total fascists about it during the pandemic and shut out anybody from the cat. But now he gets to say it without saying, yeah, okay, so the vaccines had problems. But what if they didn't? What if they did? Now he's going to straw man this, this miracle vaccine for this incredibly deadly virus that he just created out of whole cloth vaccine where there's not even one documented case of vaccine injury oh, right not even so one. That, then you just have to be completely crazy yeah i mean to be worried about being vaccinated in that in that kind of environment yeah yeah um then it's just a no-brainer then then we just don't what a straw man yeah then it's a no-brainer you make the disease way way worse you make the vaccine completely it's basically saline and it, and it just knocks it knocks it right out of your system you have to be crazy so what he's saying when he's going to juxtapose it if you're crazy for not taking that vaccine then you're crazy for not taking the covid vaccine that's what he's trying to say a diversity of opinion because the stakes are too high it's, it's a full-on emergency bodies of oh, kids are being stacked up in parks right we, we there's so many of them we don't know what to do with them we've got these mobile morgues and we have a vaccine that actually works and then we've got rfk jr saying you know maybe you don't want you know maybe you don't want to get the jab on rogan's podcast right that's that that's the the world i've been worried about ever since covid you don't have anything to worry about sam because one that's not the situation we live in that's not the disease that's not you're trying to say that people are unreasonable because they don't agree with you and in order to justify your being completely unreasonable and insane you have to paint yet another completely unreasonable and insane scenario so people can just see how right you were all along. See, 
He's trying to say that he's a good guy all along because that's how bad things can get. Sam Harris is a nut job. He's completely out of his gourd. So that's the news updates for you guys today. Um, if that's the show you would rather have versus the one that I am going to give you alternately, again, let me know in the comments. We had plenty to talk about with those updates. I'm not going to repeat it here. Uh, take the time and listen to both of them. You got two podcasts this week. I will see you guys next week with more updates. Um, the only reason I did a second one is because all this news came out that I hadn't seen since yesterday, and I, I wanted to do you guys justice. So there you go. I hope you have a great week. Uh, don't forget about the Millennial Rain podcast. It's on a different stream, and that one is more about spiritual life and spiritual living, and we're going to start uh, threading the needle for that one. We got some stuff coming up. I, I got some more pontifications this week, but uh, we're getting into it. So I hope you guys have a good one. Talk to you soon.